Welcome to Safety Chats. Host Jason Stark, Director of Safety at Baldwin Safety and Compliance, shares decades of aviation experience and a passion for safety. Let's get started with this week's Safety Chat. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Baldwin Safety Chat podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about safety management, safety systems, human factors, well, you name it. I think the last one we talked about heat and dew points. Just stuff to help us do our job better. Would always love to hear what you've all learned and would love to learn from you guys. But today's podcast, this is actually kind of a funny story. So today's podcast, I've already recorded. I was doing a rant and I did the whole thing with the mic mute on. (laughs) It's probably good that one to get out because I was getting a little emotional, but I'll probably get emotional again. But yeah, the mute was on and I go back to listen to it. I'm like, oh man, that's awfully quiet. That's because, yeah, like I said, the, the mic mute was on, but... I have indicators now telling me that everything is working. So what was the rant about? The rant was about stopped in rush and the ocean gates submersible Titan, I believe it was called that was going down to see the Titanic, but I'm sure that's been in the news, obviously since Sunday, since they lost contact and it's been the news every day since we may be a little news fatigued about it. And it's very sad. It's very tragic. Those passengers and even Stockton losing their lives. But there's something about it that really bothered me. And I'm not going to talk about, I'm not going to talk about the fact that Stockton Rush even admitted that breaking rules is cool. They didn't say that directly, but he said even MacArthur broke rules. And he says, you remember for the rules you broke. And he said he might've broke rules by using composites for the submersible. Underneath that much weight, that's a lot of weight. You're that far down, 12,000, 13,000 feet, whatever. That's a lot of weight on top of you. So the pressure is just absolutely crushing. And uh, the fact that he said himself, he even violated rules in building that. And apparently people were fired that questioned building process. They were fired, but I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to talk about the fact that news report stated the newscasters that went out there to visit, they stated that the thing looks like it was just cobbled together. I guess it was like a Nintendo controller that was used to steer it. Rusty old pipes that were described as something you might find in a junkyard were used for ballast. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to talk about the fact that there was no regulatory oversight or certification of this vessel. And as the passengers, I would have to wonder about that. Picture in our world, I got a buddy who has cobbled together an aircraft, a jet aircraft on spare part, recycled material, and the yoke is an old Atari joystick. And he or she wants to take you on like a hurricane hunter trip in this cobbled together airplane that the FAA was no part of. And I know the FAA has had a few missed up in the past as far as certifications, specifically the MAX. But thank goodness for the FAA and the certification process. But imagine taking that trip into the middle of a hurricane and something that was cobbled together with scrap metal and old parts by a person who is not afraid to break the rules. I would probably think twice about getting on that. In fact, I wouldn't even think twice. No, I wouldn't get on it, but this is all in hindsight. So I have to be fair, but I'm not going to talk about that. What I am going to talk about is a comment that Stockton Rush made stating that, and I quote, at some point, safety is a waste. And then he goes on further to say to be safe, or if you wanted to be safe, and I'm paraphrasing here, you wouldn't get out of your car. You wouldn't leave your house. And when I read that, I just, the arrogance of this individual just infuriates me. And the reason being is in his mindset and what some of the mindset is out there is that he's thinking that safety is the absence of risk. And I come to that conclusion, one, first by saying at some point safety is a waste. And then 
reaffirming it with, you basically wouldn't live your life if you want to be safe. What he's insinuating is that safety is the state of absence of risk, but we know better. We know better. Safety is not the absence of risk. And there's a few definitions when it comes to safety. Obviously, we know the one very well that safety is risk that is mitigated to as low as reasonably practicable or something that we can do in practice. And that's acceptable by the organization. Something that they look at what the risk is and they say, okay, this is worth it based on the mission that we have to do. If it's a mission of taking some rich families, two teenage kids down to Palm Beach for spring break, and there's a great chance of running into a hurricane and disintegrating the plane, it's like not really worth it. But obviously that may be a different story for the Coast Guard that's going out to save a life. So it's relative to the organization. But that's one side of it. Safety is also, when we look at kind of safety too, is the presence of defenses in depth. It's the safety capacity of the organization, resilience of the organization. It's another way to look at safety on a different side. But nowhere in those definitions is it that safety is the absence of risk. And that is such an asinine assertion. I said ASS a couple times there. said, <laughs> but. That is an asinine assertion that this is how we look at safety. And like I said, we know better. Our jobs, as far as safety managers in a safety management system, is not to be the wet blanket, to be the buzzkill. And that's kind of what he's insinuating, that anybody dealing with safety, we're kind of a waste. I don't know what he means at some point. I don't know where that point is. And we could speculate that, okay, yeah, if we're spending all our money on protection and basically not doing anything, as he was suggesting, not walking out the door, lock the planes in the hangar. Yeah. Okay. Then in the name of safety, that would be a waste, but that's not our job. Our job is not to be the buzzkill. Our job is to inform. Our job is to allow the organizations to take the risk, to grow the company, but do it smartly, do it wisely, and then be informed on what the risk is so that we can reduce the risk so that it comes to something that's acceptable in terms of what the mission is. Now, there was this podcast I listened to, and for the life of me, I can't remember the name of the individual. <laughs> I think it's a sign of getting old, but is this individual being interviewed and he's a very rich guy very rich, like almost obnoxiously rich. And so he made these investments in like these deserted islands that he's developed and all these companies that would raise eyebrows because they're like at the fringe in terms of technology and kind of stuff that only early adopters like. But so he's made all these investments and he made the statement in all these investments that I've made, I have never taken risk. And the interviewer is like, wait a second, how can that be? Some of these things are absolutely crazy. And his response was that prior to anything, he always understood the risk and he would put in safeguards and defenses to remove or delete the potential of those outcomes or at least reduce the impact. And so in his mind, he wasn't taking any risks that wasn't acceptable. And he didn't have this huge appetite for risk and throw caution to the wind. It was more the fact that he understood what the potential outcome could be 
And he put measures in place to reduce the chance of that outcome happening or the impact that outcome would have. And that should sound very familiar to what we do with mitigation and risk assessment. But the fact is that is our job, right? That is what we do. So hypothetically, let's say we're working for a company that runs high net worth individuals between New York and Las Vegas every weekend to gamble. And this is based on a true story. But let's say we do that every weekend. We fly them out there. We fly them out there Friday night and let them do their thing and return them Sunday afternoon. And that's all the flying we do. I'm not saying that there's not risk with that, but it's, it's pretty straightforward. And at least every time I went to Vegas, it was always clear. I could see it from 300 miles out, lighting up that valley. But let's say now all of a sudden these investors are like, okay, I've got this exploration bug. I'm going to take our plane down to the Antarctic. And so let's say you have a G4. Okay, we're going to the Antarctic with G4. And our, if our first response out of our mouth is no way in the name of safety, I condemn you. That's not the right answer. The right answer would be, let's understand what the risks are so that we can work to reduce the probability and or severity of the risk associated with doing that so that we can make it happen. And when we come up with the risk and after mitigation, we're going to have the resulting level saying that, okay, unless we not do this trip, we really can't reduce this risk any further. Unless obviously if we spend money for you to go on a C-17 out of something, but they don't want to do that. And at that point, then it's a talk, it's communication. I'm like, okay, is this worth it? in terms of the company. Is this worth it? Is this something that we can live with? Is this risk we can tolerate because of the importance of the mission? Or is this something that, you know what, we're going to find something else or we're going to find another way? That's the conversation we need to have. The conversation is not all of a sudden, no. And I hate that because as a safety manager, when I was a safety manager in an organization, I was always considered the party pooper. Okay, here comes safety. They're going to say we can't do this. No, that's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to give you all the information about this new venture you want to do to grow the business, which obviously we've never done before, which has an element of risk. I want you to understand that risk. I want you to understand that, okay, based on your threshold, we're at a point that we probably need to lessen it and then work with experts to determine how we can lessen that risk and then present you with options. That's what I'm here for. I am not here to tell you no. I'm not necessarily here to tell you, yes, that's not my decision. It's your decision. But the thing is, is I'm going to give you the information so that you don't make a dumb butted decision and you make a wise decision. See what I did there? I, I made this G rated, but that's what we're here for. And when Stockton Rush, rest his soul, said that safety is a waste and likened safety to a definition of absence of risk really infuriated me. Because if your CEO or your primary or the head of your flight department has that mindset that safety is a waste, that safety is all about not even walking out the door, what do you think is going to happen when they want to start doing new ventures and they want to start taking more risks and they have an appetite for risk? They're going to circumvent you. They're going to neglect it. And they're going to walk into some decision with their heads firmly up some orifice that I can't mention and probably end up getting hurt. And this is what we saw here. So again, I don't want to Monday morning quarterback this thing, but I think, this is my opinion, I think this man's arrogance was causal to what happened to those poor people. And it's sad. And I know that's a very strong statement. And I know it's, it's uh, very opinionated <laughs> to say the least, but that's what I think.
And we don't want our CEOs to have that mindset. We don't want them to think that safety is there as a buzzkill to tell us no. And the only reason that we have a safety officer is because either the FAA is telling us to, the SBAO is telling us to, BASC is telling us to, that you're a token figure that they don't want to listen to. We don't want that. We don't want you to be irrelevant. And if we are postured to say no, if we are postured to say that you can't do anything, then we're going to become irrelevant because we are not, despite that stupid NPRM statement saying that we have to say safety is a priority. Our companies are not in the business of making safety. They're in the business of delivering services and goods. Safety needs to be a very integral part of it so that we can expand. We can take new initiatives, can take risk. We can have an appetite for risk. There is nothing wrong with having appetite for risk. There's nothing wrong with it, but we have to be informed. We have to be informed to make the right decisions. And that's what we're here for. We're here to provide that information to the CEO based on the data, based on expert analysis, to provide that information to say, this is what probably could be the outcome. And as it stands now, according to policy, the risk is a little high. We're talking about probably a good chance of loss of life or loss of the equipment. And we need to reduce that risk. And you work to reduce the risk. And even if it isn't like in the green zone, but it's in that tolerable region, it's something like, all right, it's not wonderful. I don't love it, but can we tolerate it? That's when we got to make the decision to say, that's when they need to make the decision. The leadership needs to make the decision. Is this worth it? There's a potential for this happening. This is the probability of this happening. This is how bad it would be versus this is what we want to accomplish. And if it's flying somebody's poodle to Fort Lauderdale, so the poodle's with them during spring break, but yet the risk is such that there's a good chance that there'll be an accident, I think the answer should be a no-brainer. Let's wait on the poodle. Let's take the poodle another time. Or let's FedEx the poodle. Wait, I should say that. That would be mean. No, I wouldn't FedEx the poodle. But let's take the poodle another time. And that's what it comes down to. That's leadership's decision. We provide our input. We provide the data. We provide guidance. We're not here to say no. And if your primary thinks of safety that way, that it's all about no, that it's all about an environment of no risk, then we need to work to re-educate them. Because like I said, if they think that you're there just to remove all risk from operations, they're going to end up circumventing you. So I think I'm done. But I get, uh, I get fired up about this. But definitely probably the most opinionated podcast I've done, but I hope you're all okay with it. I hope we're good. I Maybe I wish I could do a check-in with you. I hope we're good here. But I feel strongly about this as far as what our role is and what we're, and what we're supposed to do. Thank you for letting me rant for you on this one. I'll, I'll wrap it up here shortly. But if I really offended you, I'm very sorry. But I would love to hear from you either way what your thoughts are on this. I certainly do not mean to trample on the grave of this man. And I know he's done great things in his life. I'm sure he's a wonderful person. And my heart and prayers go out to his family, the other families, extremely tragic. But at the same time, that mindset is arrogant and it's dangerous. Yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Let us know because we truly are here to serve you. And we truly want to make this a source where even if you get like a fraction of a nugget of knowledge, it could be a win. Thank you for what you all do. I know sometimes we have to be the punching bags and help people to understand what we're really here for. And thank you for towing that line and fighting that fight. But in the meantime, I hope you show up at the next pod. 
Thank you for your time. And until we talk again, be safe. This podcast is brought to you by Baldwin Safety and Compliance, the leader in safety management for the transportation industry. Since 2004, Baldwin has been providing state-of-the-art solutions and 24-7 support to the aviation and transportation industries. Baldwin's clients include all sizes and types of transportation operators. Baldwin provides safety and related business services to commercial and non-commercial transportation operators, medical transporters, FBOs, MROs, airports, flight schools, UAS operators, firefighters, OEMs, ground transport operators, and others. Visit baldwinsms.com to discover how Baldwin can enhance your organization's safety program.